guys welcome back to my podcast cocoa butter travel podcast and in today's episode we have deja she's from the united states currently in the state of georgia she's been traveling all around the u.s but also in europe south america and asia So Deja, could you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Definitely. So hi, everybody. My name is Deja. Um, I'm originally born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, in the States. But I have since then learned that the cold weather is not really for me. So I've moved <laughs> away from there. So um, right now I am, like Grace said, I am in um, Georgia in the U.S., which has a, has a lot of things going on. But outside of that, um, my day-to-day job, I work as a, a product owner at a large pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, I love traveling. I have a travel blog. I have a travel Instagram, um, Deja the Explorer, for anybody who's wondering. And I also... Well, for one, I'm a budget traveler. I speci- I, um, my focus or my niche is really traveling on a budget and making sure that you're not breaking the bank when you're going mm-hmm. places. And I also um, am a travel advisor, I guess, in the sense where I'm an independent advisor, but I basically have the goal to help people of color expand their horizons and understand that traveling is not nearly as expensive as they might think. Mm-hmm. Just because a lot of people who are from my hometown or just in my family have never really explored or traveled because they think it's so expensive and it's so, you know, just um, unattainable. And I, I have a mission to really help people of color see that traveling is not nearly as expensive as you might think it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. And this is exactly the point of my podcast is to show everybody that um, it doesn't matter what your background is, how much money you have. Um, if you really want to travel, you can you can make it work. And if you really want to, and there's a lot of hacks uh, that yes. you can get from content creators like you uh, to make it cheaper to travel and whatnot. So where did where did it all start it for you? Uh, your traveling. So I saw on your blog that yeah, you did a lot of traveling around the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it solo or were you uh, with family or friends? So, okay, if you if you ask me where I think my travel bug or, or how that kind of came about, the mm-hmm. short answer is it wasn't until I went to college, honestly, because, like I said, I'm born and raised in Chicago, and if you know anything about the Midwest of the United States, people love road trips in the Midwest. So we mm-hmm. were always driving to, like, Wisconsin, that's only three hours away, or, like, you know, St. Louis, or Minnesota and places like that. So I did a lot of kind of inter um inter um like Midwest travel, I think, but I didn't really consider that as travel when I was young. It was kind of just like, okay, this is what me and my family do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's totally fine. And it honestly wasn't until I got to college and my college best friend, bless her heart, had been to so many different places when I, when we first met. And she's like, Deja, you have to travel. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even have any plans to get a passport because that's just how it was where I was from so many people like don't have passports so it wasn't even like a common nature thing and my college best friend was like Deja you are tripping girl like you need to get a passport (laughs) so we can go and travel so and she had been on like a number of different cruises and just she had been to Egypt already and she had this beautiful necklace that had her name and hieroglyphics and just like she had so many stories and I was like okay well maybe I can try this out so I 
I got a passport card first and I went on my first cruise to the Bahamas. Loved it. Me and my two best friends from college, we had a great time. And then it wasn't until like later that year where I was like, okay, um, we were looking at where we were going for spring break and we decided that we wanted to go to Cancun, but obviously you need an actual passport book to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So um, it was then when we were like, yeah, we want to go to Cancun for, for spring break. Where I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time for me to get a passport. And then I will be completely honest. Since then, I have not. St- well, obviously the pandemic now. But before the yeah. pandemic and after <laughs> that, I did not stop traveling. I was going everywhere, doing everything because I just felt so free. But like I said, I had no intentions on actually getting a passport until I went to college and met my, my college best friend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So how old were you? Because um, depending on where our listeners are listening from, like, for example, for me in Belgium, I have no idea what, what college is like. How old are you when uh, you're in uh, in college? So, yeah. How old were you at the time then? So um, I, you in the state, you usually start college around 18. So I was mm-hmm. 18 my freshman year of college. And then I got my passport when I was 20. Okay. Yeah. And so I saw that your first solo trip was in Melbourne. Yes. Australia. Yes. yes. Any particular reason why uh, you went all the way to the other side See, of the world? That is a great question. And the, the answer is because it wasn't supposed to be a solo trip. Honestly and truly, I had zero plans to ever do any kind of solo travel. I don't even think I knew anybody that went anywhere by themselves. Like at that mm-hmm. point, I think I was just very naive and closed minded. So I just didn't know anybody that solo traveled. Right. So basically what happened was I um, followed this website. I don't know if people are familiar with Secret Flying, but Secret Flying has all the deals and they post about airfares. And okay. I got a notification when I was in one of my college classes. I literally was like sitting in class and got this notification that there was a $140 round trip, like 140 round trip tickets from the States to Melbourne, Australia. I had never been to Australia. I didn't know anything about Melbourne, but I'm like, that deal is just too amazing. (laughs) Like, I have to book it, right? Yeah. So so I found a friend, and I was like, hey, like, would you be interested in... um, and going with me, and she's like, yeah, they should just tell me the dates, and I'll send you the money. So mm-hmm. we both b- bought the tickets, right? But then what ended up happening is she was pregnant at the time, and she got a, a really bad case of, I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called, like, hyper something, something, yeah. But either way, her doctor put her on bed rest. So her doctor oh. did not would not clear her for travel for a 15-hour flight from the States to Australia. Yeah. So, and she, and that literally didn't happen until a week before our trip was supposed to happen so at that point i was already super excited i had my itinerary planned out like it was ready and then she's like yeah deja can't go so then i was like okay you know so what am i going to do am i going to miss out on this deal of a lifetime because i literally don't know when i will ever be able to find tickets that cheap to australia again or Mm -hmm. am i just gonna go for it and then honestly i was like you know what I'm going to just go for it. So, like I said, it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened that way because she couldn't go last minute. But it definitely opened my eyes up to, like, solo traveling in general and how amazing it is. Oh, wow. So, 
how long did you stay again two weeks no no i was only there for like five days like it was like a long weekend like of and it's crazy because people are like you took a 15 hour flight for four (laughs) or five days and i'm like well y'all the trip was only a hundred dollars like i mean what was i supposed to do Wow, that's crazy. Can you just repeat the, um, the website or the app yes, you use Yes, so for that? Secret Flying. So S-E-C-R-E-T Flying. And they have a Twitter. Um, they also have an Instagram page. And they have an app. And the yeah. app is cool because it allows you to set notifications for the the airports that you're um, that you're looking to leave from. So mm-hmm. then it gives you notifications for those specific things. But what I usually do before I got the app is I just had their Twitter notifications on, and I would get you know hundreds, maybe at least a. 50 to 100 notifications per day which is a lot yeah, yeah, and a yeah, lot of them cool. i couldn't use but it's like those one those one really good deals made up for all the other notifications that i got throughout the rest of the days honestly oh yeah 100 percent. wow i'm so shocked like the price is amazing wow. yes yes because like regular price that that trip would have been at least a thousand dollars round trip like there's no it's really hard to get especially because my ticket was originally from dallas texas so yeah. flying from dallas to australia on a nice airline is not gonna be cheaper than a thousand dollars ever so when i saw it for less than 200 i was like i have to book this right now <laughs> like i just have to what airline was it so it was um, Virgin Australia to Australia, wow. but on the state side, it was Delta. So I flew DC yeah. to Detroit, Detroit to LA on Delta. And then my flight from um, from LA to Australia was um, Virgin Australia. Wow, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna download everything to upload them on Instagram, on Twitter. Whatnot, yes, definitely recommend amazing. it. And I've gotten a lot more other deals. Like even just a couple of weeks ago, I booked a trip from the u.s to um santiago chile for 62 dollars round trip like on delta a straight flight everything on like it's literally amazing so secret flying has some amazing deals wow that's crazy oh my god i'm so excited i mean i can't (laughs) i can't leave the country right Right, because you guys are on like your (laughs) lockdown means that you can't leave australia right uh, we're not really on lockdown. I mean, there's Western Australia. Um, they are in lockdown right now. But um, it's just that they are they don't want to open the borders to international travels. I'm a temporary visa holder. Uh, so if I leave the country, I'm not allowed to come back. And for Australians or permanent citizens, it's still the same. Like if they, if they want to leave, they have to have a good reason. Um, mm. They need to apply for a permit to get out of the country and then come back. Um, there's even, I think, still Australians that are uh, blocked overseas. Really? Um, for them to come back, it, it, it's a little bit complicated, even if they're Australians. Because I believe all these people also have maybe partners or they, you know, they've raised a family abroad. So mm-hmm. for them to bring everybody here, it's a little bit complicated. Right. Um, so everybody here just would rather just stay stay yeah Yeah, that's understandable for sure because we i mean in the city that i'm in there hasn't been any community transmission since may from last year cannot relate that sounds so amazing i haven't been wearing a mask since march literally i'm so jealous Uh, (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) i know like traveling for us i mean traveling within australia for us 
um, is getting a little bit easier because each states have their own laws and whatnot, but it's mm -hmm. still it's still okay. And um, because there's no tourists, it's pretty quiet. Uh, the prices are quite affordable, so everybody's just enjoying staycations and you know um, promoting local businesses and just spending the money in the country. That's so crazy. The fact that you haven't worn a mask is like, girl, I'm not trying to go anywhere without a mask on at this <laughs> point because these people here in Georgia, they don't want to wear masks. Like Georgia is one of those places where if you hear about people in the States talking about how having to wear a mask is infringing upon their civil rights, mm -hmm. those people are in Georgia. Like they're oh the people God. that are like, you can't tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do y'all know how to read? Like the science literally <laughs> tells you that it's good. But yeah, the, the, where I live right now is like, definitely i don't i don't grocery shop in person i literally unless i need like one one or two things i'll go but yeah i go yeah. get my groceries like um we go and do car side pickup for groceries we don't eat in any restaurants because here people act like the coronavirus is not existent and that is just not for me wow yeah that's that's scary yeah it is definitely is oh well um, so I wanted to ask you about your, so your travels now, um, the way you organize yourself. So now that I know that you're using like this amazing app, um, <laughs> do you actually choose your destinations in advance or do you just go with the flow once you find, um, cheap flights, uh, or whatnot? So it's definitely more of the latter. I like to tell people that I go wherever the deals are. I don't go where I want to go mm -hmm. because, I'm literally always trying to find a good a good deal and I think that it's worked out for me honestly because I've been able to experience so many new things just based on finding deals like even I've been able to travel through Central America a little bit and go to Guatemala and El Salvador and both of those tickets for me were less than $200 round trip and yeah, I didn't yeah. I, it, it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like oh my god I really want to go to I mean, to even Australia, or I want—I really want to go to Guatemala. It was just like, this is a really great deal. Let me go here. Let me figure mm -hmm. out what kind mm -hmm. of what kind of culture and what kind of things they have to offer. So for me, nine times out of ten, I'm not specifically looking for a place. And don't get me wrong. So I'm going. My birthday is in July. Yeah. And I am actually planning on going to Jamaica for my birthday because I've never been. And it's been a place that has always been in my in the back of my head of like somewhere that I wanted to go. So yeah. that's really one of those places where I'm going to go. I'm going to try to find a good deal, obviously, but I'm going to go regardless. But other times, like if I'm just going on regular, you know, vacations and stuff like that, if it wasn't a deal, I w I'm not going. Mm, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to I used to do the same when I was in Europe. I mean, Europe was a little bit easier to travel around, but I would just look at the flights and then I'd be like, oh, okay, this is a cheap destination. I mean, the flights are cheap. I'll just mm -hmm. book the flights and then see after what see, happens. Right, because it's like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, you can find something to do wherever you are. Like, it's not like there are only cool thing like anywhere you go you, you're going to be able to find at least one or two things that you haven't done before that'll mm -hmm. be like a good experience for you so oh yeah for sure i think actually my very first um solo trip actually was uh was just like you um i saw i was looking at flights 
and then I was just like putting random destinations and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I was looking at flights to New York, Miami and uh, I found round trip from Brussels to Miami, 350 euros return. So oh I wow, think in, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was crazy. I was like, what? 350 <laughs> euros? Um, so I literally just booked the flight straight up and I didn't even think of looking at the accommodation or whatnot. I was right. just like, yeah, I'm going to I'll Miami. Figure, right. I'll, everything else I'll figure out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then when I started searching for hotels and stuff, I was like, wow, this is so expensive. Yeah, Miami um, definitely can get a little bit pricey. Yeah, so that's how I got to stay in a hostel for the first time, actually, because I was obviously trying to make it cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that was... That was a very that was an amazing experience. So I, I like hostels. the idea of just like looking at flights and then uh, make your researches on the destination after. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think to your point, when you first started looking at hotels, you were like, wow, this is so expensive. But then you started thinking, OK, what kinds of things can I do to make it less less expensive? Can I stay at a hostel or are Airbnbs here less than hotels? And like, are there, you know, other things? So I feel like wherever you go, there there's at least going to be one or two things that you can do to make it a little bit cheaper and a little mm -hmm. bit like more for your budget, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, from all the destinations you've been at, what was your favorite? Ah, that's such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> so do you mean like, okay, so, so give me something sp more specific, like favorite solo trip or favorite uh, you know, yeah, place Yeah, because our, our theme right now in this season is more of a solo trip. So yeah, I would say you're one of the, your favorite solo travel. Okay, so so solo travel besides Melbourne, because I thought Melbourne was just, I think it was a phenomenal first place to be solo. Like, the hostel I stayed at was amazing. I had a great time. I was there for, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the St. Kilda Music Festival at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there for that, so Ooh. I was able to experience it. And they're like, everybody yeah. in my hostel is like, you got to go to St. Kilda Fest. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is, but I guess I'm going <laughs> to go, you know, because I'm here. So besides Melbourne, I think my next favorite solo trip is probably to El Salvador. Okay. And I say that because El Salvador, and I don't know how much they talk about El Salvador, like in Europe or even in Australia, but on the state, in the States, people usually, El Salvador has a horrible, horrible rating. Like people are like, El Salvador is so dangerous. It's super violent. You're going to get mugged. Like people just oh had God. such ridiculously horrible things to say when mm -hmm. I would tell them I was thinking about going to El Salvador. They're like, Deja, do not do that you're not gonna be safe like it's just not good for you and when yeah. i tell you i met the nicest people of my entire life in el salvador i mean people who literally went out of their way to help me find my directions to give like to make make sure i had good food and to make sure mm -hmm. i made it to my hostel in time like the people were so friendly and their public transportation like it would it did feel a little bit dangerous sometimes but like in el salvador you literally can get anywhere you want to go on a bus so yeah, and it was yeah. super cheap. The food was super affordable. Like the city, I mean, the country itself is just so beautiful. I went to two different cities in El Salvador 
and I got to see some beaches. I got to stay at a nice hotel. Like I got to stay at a nice family-friendly hostel. And I even met some other backpackers who were also staying at the hostel. And that experience, it was just literally so wonderful. Yeah. I think especially because it had such a bad rep, I went in a little bit apprehensive. But mm-hmm. once I got there, the people were so nice. It was just amazing. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, um, in Europe and I think in Australia, no, there's no... No, there's no nothing that is said about El no, Salvador. No, you guys don't talk about El Salvador. No, okay. <laughs> it would be the uh, the most common destination. I say Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, Argentina, Colum- uh, Colombia is the one with the bad rep. Like, um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I have friends in Colombia, and I've I've been proposed to go there a few times now, and uh, my mom was just like, no. No, I'm not. I'm not letting you go there. Even if I was she like said, full not, grown adult, she was like, that. "I do not support that." She's like, "Yeah, you're gonna fall into drugs. Uh, what if you get into prostitution?" Like she had all these movies in her mind, or right. what I don't know. So yeah, Colombia has the bad rep for us in Europe. Interesting. Yeah, Colombia is actually on my bucket list. Funny enough, I've heard really. I have heard to like there is a really big drug cartel in Colombia, so mm-hmm. I can definitely see why why it might get a bad rep because people are like you know you're gonna get into drugs and all this stuff. But this interesting thing to me is like at least from my experience, the people who are really into drugs or like into like the drug cartel, they're not looking at tourists and being like, hey, come buy these drugs for me. Like that's not really weird. <laughs> like we're not their target audience, you know. Usually it's like it's just. Any, it's the people who actually live there. So I always find it so interesting that people are like, you're going to fall into drugs there. And I'm like, well, am I really? Because they don't even want to give me the drugs. Like, even if I wanted them, they didn't want to give them to me. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, she just had the idea that I was going to turn into a mule or, or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I have seen, have you seen any of those shows though? Like there are shows about drug mules in Colombia and like yeah, those yeah, yeah. crazy I did, I did see a little bit of those. Yeah, they like <laughs> swallow the drugs and they do like some crazy stuff, so. I was there, so that was like your favorite. Now was there yes. like your least favorite where you didn't really feel safe or you just didn't enjoy um the experience as a solo traveler Mm, i'm trying to think because outside of like central america and australia my other solo travels are all in europe Mm -hmm. and i think greece was one of those places that i was in athens and i just did not love athens and full transparency i was in athens i actually landed in athens the day that their public transportation workers were on strike but mm. I didn't know that they were on strike. So when I got there, I'm, I had done all my research. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this express bus from the airport into town. And I waited like an hour for the express bus and it never showed up. And I was like, what the heck? Like these buses are supposed to run every 15 minutes and it hasn't showed up. And it wasn't until somebody just randomly was like, oh, are you trying to get into Athens? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, and yeah. that's when they told me oh, the buses aren't running today. Like, you have to take the train instead. And, I mean, the train was fine. It was more expensive and it was longer, but it was fine. I was just, I was already frustrated that, you know, I had to have that experience and and things didn't go as as I planned them to go. And then when I just started exploring Athens a little bit more, I just wasn't that impressed. Mm -hmm. And 
And I think one of the things people say is like, I did do Athens right after I did Rome. And usually when, you know, when you see two places like back to back, you're going to compare them. And I loved Rome. I thought Rome was just like amazing. Even as a solo traveler, I loved it. So that probably has a little bit to do with it. But if I had to say my least favorite, I didn't, it's not that I didn't feel safe. I just didn't really like it that much. It would be Athens. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I haven't been to Athens or Rome. Like it's it's on my bucket list, um, but um, yeah, like you said, if you if you go to two places that are quite similar, uh, there's there's gonna be one where I've, when I first arrived in Australia, I arrived in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and then I went to Sydney. So big big city after big city, right? And um, I I didn't like Sydney at all. Like because I was so like in love you were kind of Melbourne. comparing it to Melbourne, right? Yeah, precisely. Instead of just being like, okay, this is a new this is a new page. Like we started from blank or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it took me a few months uh, of living in Sydney to start really enjoying it. Um, Whereas Melbourne was just like straight, loved it. Um, I know, I loved yeah, it too. Yeah. I was like, it's so amazing here. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely need to come back and see more of Australia. Look, as soon as y'all open the borders for people, you know, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> but the way the way the border's looking right now, they said, we don't want you Americans. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no. They said they didn't want to open to the borders to, like, the U.S. and Europe, because Europe is also, like, really bad. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, until, like, summer 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, the earliest. That's far. Wow. Unless the, um, the vaccines work. You know, if like they have like good stats and stuff, then they will think of maybe opening like earlier and uh, maybe have a mandatory vaccine for people mm-hmm. who want to travel uh, around Australia or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we shall see. Yeah, hopefully, you know, and of course, Australia is still super expensive to get to. So I'll still oh, have to yeah. try to find another deal. But <laughs> <laughs> It's expensive to travel to and in like honestly it's it's ridiculous like the how expensive it can be to travel um, yes. around Australia because um, for me like coming to Australia was it, it was one of my biggest dream to like settle in Australia mm-hmm. but I wasn't really interested in traveling around Australia even if it's it's an amazing country really yeah because of how expensive it is mm-hmm, i'm a budget travel yeah. as well so yes I'm like i love the budget thinking, travel girl yes i'm always thinking oh my god for that price i could be in asia and this mm-hmm. and that and um but now here we are we're just like stuck here so i'm like okay i might as well just travel know, around yeah, yeah work more save money and just like, yeah that's true that's <laughs> definitely, definitely i tell people it's so funny I had a lot of trips that were canceled last year, but consequently in 2020, I actually was able to reach two of my financial goals that mm-hmm. were, I wasn't actually supposed to reach them until like December of 2020. And I was able to reach them actually in June of 2020 because I couldn't go anywhere. So all <laughs> of the money that I had like, you know, set aside for like my trips and my spending money and stuff, I could just pay off like those goals that I had. So Yes, yeah, that was one great. good thing. Yeah. yeah. So you've been you've been traveling like during the pandemic, and so what are what do you do uh, to prepare your your travels now? So I've been to two places, I guess, outside of the contiguous U.S. I've been to 
um, the U.S. Virgin Islands. So mm-hmm. it's still like a U.S. territory, but you know it is like not in the states, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then I've also been to Aruba. So I think to your question, the first thing that I do is I'm looking, I do a lot of research on what do the numbers for the place that I might be going to look like? What kind of precautionary measures are they taking there? Do they have open dining? Are they requiring tourists get um, get COVID tested before they come? You mm-hmm. know, is it hand sanitizer mandatory everywhere is there a mask mandate like that is the most important thing for me because i am one that i do feel like they're they're not wouldn't say needs but i do feel like travel can be important at these times especially in the caribbean islands of the u.s because so many of those islands really 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 depend on u.s tourism to survive yeah so i do think that you know there's a it's kind of like a give and take where I'm going to go, I want to go somewhere and just mentally relax and everything, but I also want to support the local, the locals and make sure that, you know, they're able to survive as well. But the most important to me is, thing to me is always safety. It's going to be safety of me and whoever I'm traveling with, as well as safety of the people who I will be patronizing. So I, I think it's very, and I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I feel like it's, it's semi-irresponsible for people to go somewhere and then just act like because they're on vacation, they don't have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. They don't have to mm-hmm. do all of these things because at the end of the day, just because you're on vacation doesn't mean that these other people are on vacation. Like this is their livelihood. You know, they don't yeah. want people coming to their country they want you to come and you know patronize but they don't want you to come and bring bring illness you know i just i just don't think that's fair i don't think that's right so that's why i think safety is always my most important thing and then also beyond that i'm looking at what can you actually do there because for instance when we were in the virgin islands we went in june of 2020 it was right after the virgin islands had opened back up to tourists their numbers were super super low like they had had less than 3,000 cases over their whole island whereas where I live in Georgia gets at least 3,000 cases per day so it was definitely a safer move to go there Mm -hmm. um but I also looked at you know what kinds of things could we do because at that point things hadn't really opened back up yet so a lot of the like jet skis and some of those like cool excursions that you do you you usually do in those places weren't really open so I did spend a lot of time researching what were our options and because when I went to the Virgin Islands me and my boyfriend went together and it was for our anniversary and we all we really wanted was to have like one nice outdoor dinner somewhere to celebrate you know our anniversary and then other than that we just wanted to be at the beach so I don't need you know excursions or things like that to just enjoy my time at the beach but again I did look at what was open how what precautions were they taking are they um are they mixing groups are they allowing you to sanitize yourself like those kind of things i think those are pretty much my big things if i am thinking about traveling during the pandemic Mm, okay so um you're not scared at all (laughs) so yes and no honestly i think it honestly depends on like where i'm going because again where i am right now in georgia i think my my chances of getting getting the virus at the grocery store 
are so much higher than getting them while I'm traveling because Mm -hmm. people don't even want to wear their masks here. So it's like it's people in the stores that are all in your face. They're less than they're not social distancing. They're one to two feet away from you. Their mask isn't on. Like so if I I don't even really feel safe there. But at least I think when I am traveling to certain places, there are those kinds of precautions. For instance, like Aruba required that you had a negative COVID test within 72 hours of you traveling. And yeah. obviously, you know, there's a chance that you contracted COVID after that 72 hours, right? But at the very least, I know you didn't have COVID 72 hours ago yeah, versus yeah. the people that I'm in the grocery store with they don't even want to get tested like they just want to live their best life like coronavirus doesn't exist so i do think sometimes i'm nervous and but i think that one of the things that i do is i usually get tested um every 10 to 14 days here so whether i'm traveling or not me and my boyfriend are very proactive testers Mm -hmm. and we're actually going to get tested tomorrow like we haven't been anywhere in the past two weeks but we're going to get tested tomorrow just as our proactive measures and and in order to keep us and other people safe so i think there's a level of fear but then there's also the level of fear that i have every day when i'm going anywhere in georgia that i just don't feel like exists when i'm on a plane where they're recycling the air and masks are required and you know that kind of thing yeah that makes sense hmm interesting because um because yeah for us I mean, now slowly uh, we're starting to feel more comfortable about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember in the very beginning when people were starting traveling again, we were just like, what what is going on? What the fuck is going on? Why are you guys traveling? Why are you guys not staying home? Like, it it was really scary. But now seeing like more and more how the countries are taking like precautions and like getting tested and um, yeah, People need to, like, tourism industry is huge in some countries. And, um, like, if there's no travel, if there's no tourists, like, literally people are dying. Like, they don't right, have like, a job. They don't have anything. They don't have anything, you know. So they and need I think, that. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you were saying is, like, I we definitely had that level of, like, when I first saw people traveling... I was like, are y'all serious right now? Like, we're in the middle of a panoramic. Like, what are you doing? You yeah, know? Yeah. But I think as as times have evolved, at least in the States, my mindset has a little bit changed to it's not necessarily about you traveling, but more so it's about what precautions are you taking and are mm. you traveling safely? Mm, because mm. don't get me wrong, there are some people I know that are going to Cancun, they're in the clubs, they're all doing everything, and I'm like, now you are being irresponsible. Like, yeah. this is the kind of traveler that I do not support at all. But if you're going somewhere and you're keeping your distance, you're planning your, your excursions or whatever around local businesses that you can support and local businesses that are taking precautions mm-hmm. i think it's a different story and I, yeah. and I mean obviously i might be a little bit biased because i just like traveling and i'm sure you know some people who who aren't like as as much into travel they might be like no deja you're just being biased but um i do think that it's important to just like i said like take these precautions don't think you can just go somewhere and act like the pandemic doesn't exist because yeah. it does yeah for sure for sure so you started a business from mm-hmm. all of this right yes um 
So how do you work out this and your... So first of all, first question. How do you work out all of this, like all this travel and your business and the job that you already have, actually? Because um, I know in the US, like you're quite limited with your days off mm-hmm. um, for traveling and whatnot. So how how do you do? So, okay. So where I work, I am definitely grateful to work at a place that we have a number of different kinds of vacation days. So um, I get like 15 to 20 vacation days per year, right? Mm-hmm. But then I also get five of what we call family life days. And those are days that you can take off. Let's say my sister really needs me to take her somewhere and I can't work. Then I can take a family life day as opposed to a vacation day. Or let's say my sister is graduating from college and I want to go and support her. Or maybe she's even moving into her new dormitory, right? Mm -hmm. Then I can take a family life day as opposed to a vacation day. And then besides that, we also have volunteer days and we have like sick days. So while 15 to 20 vacation days doesn't always seem like a lot, for me, it goes very far because you don't have to take vacation days for some of those other like miscellaneous things that you might need vacation for or time off for. So I think that's the first thing. And I think also my company does something what we call summer Fridays to where every other Friday and um, from May to September, you get off. So then you can you can pair that, let's say for Memorial Day in the States, that's on a Monday. So I'm going to get that Friday off. I'm going to get that Monday off. So now I can automatically have a four day vacation. Right. But then I add two days. So let's say I take I use a vacation day for Thursday and I use a vacation day for Tuesday. Now I can take essentially a whole a whole almost week vacation with only having to take two vacation days. So Mm. I do think there's an art to hacking your vacation days to make sure that um, that you can kind of get the most out of your vacation days. And I did that exact thing when I went to Thailand. I was in Thailand for a week, but I only took off two vacation days or maybe three. But I was gone for literally a whole seven days. So that's the first thing I just you I try to hack my vacation days to make sure. But also. Sometimes when you find deals, they're for times of the week that don't really coincide with weekends, right? So my Mm -hmm. deal to El Salvador was a Sunday through a Wednesday. So that's super inconvenient because I have a job that I work Monday through Friday, right? But what I ended up doing was taking off only Tuesday and Wednesday, working Monday, but because El Salvador was two hours behind Um, where I was where I was working at the time then I was able to wake up early and do like a majority of my day from the hotel and then at 12 noon um, my time in El Salvador which was about two o'clock my my work time Mm. I was able to leave the hotel and start really exploring El Salvador but I, I still had my like um my IM, my chat, my chat function for work on my phone. So if somebody really needed to get in touch with me, they could email me or they could chat me, but I wasn't at my computer. So I didn't even have to take off a day of work. And I was able to kind of play around with the time zones to make sure that I was still able to enjoy my time in El Salvador, but not take off that much time from work. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Yeah, I think that's really how I balance traveling in general in my job. And then when it comes to my business, so I, like I said, I plan travel for people because 
I love putting together itineraries. I've always been that person that is willing to read hundreds of reviews for an activity and, (laughs) you know, search through 10 or 15 pages on Google to find exactly what we want to do or whatever. Mm. So I like doing that. And I thought, you know, maybe it's a good time for me to help other people because initially I assumed that everybody liked doing that. And then I talked to my boyfriend and he's like, no, I literally hate planning trips like that is his least favorite thing about it so i was like okay like i could definitely capitalize off of this because i actually enjoy doing it and i actually launched my travel business um at the end of 2019 so like Mm -hmm. november of 2019 and then the pandemic happened and i actually had a client in europe when um the president of the united states sent out the ban that within like 48 hours u.s or citizens weren't going to be able to get back to the u.s Mm -hmm. so i literally stayed on hold and trying to find my client a flight back to the u.s for literally four hours i was falling asleep it was the middle of the night in the u.s it was like 1 a.m and she's like deja i have to get back home like my parents are going crazy so i helped her get back home and at that point I was like, okay, it's time for me to pause from this because obviously, you know, we don't know where this pandemic is going. I can't um, in good conscience tell people that they should be traveling in a Mm -hmm. time where we just don't know what's going on. So I essentially paused all of my business operations from March of 2020 up until January of this year. So it wasn't until January where I was like, okay, Deja, like, As long as, and and this is how I kind of rationalize it, but as long as anybody that I'm booking travel for, I'm very clear with them that my expectations of them are to be safe and that I'm not planning any itineraries that don't include safe activities or safety precautions, then I felt a little bit better about that. So right now I have a client that's planning on going um, to to one of the Caribbean countries in about two weeks. And I've already started putting together his checklist of like everything he needs to get tested on this day. He needs to try to quarantine for Mm. these days. And Mm. I'm even um, just like as a travel advisor going to send him and the person he's traveling with like a a cute little travel pack that has like some hand sanitizer, a couple masks and um, some some, uh, sanitary wipes as well. So I'm planning on doing that. And basically that's my way of saying You know, I do understand that everybody needs a mental break at this point and we are allowed to travel. But again, it's our responsibility to travel safely. And I'm going to make sure that not only I know that, but my clients know that that is my expectation of them and that my clients know up front that if you are trying to go to Cancun to party and to do all this other stuff, then I'm not the advisor to help plan your trip. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just not what I'm going to support. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So basically people um, come to you uh, with like, hey, I want to go in this country. I have that amount of day. This is my budget. And then you just like prepare a package for them or something. Yeah. Um, Similar. Yeah, kind of. So basically I have a, a couple of different options. So the, the I have this form that you fill out and you find it on my website and it just goes through, you know, do you know where you want to go? Because some people are like, I, I know I want to go somewhere warm, but I don't know. So then I will, I'll take that. I'll take the days that you have and I'll take your budget and I'll take the number of people that you're wanting to go to. And then I will search for some different good flight deals from wherever you're trying to go to wherever um, where, I mean, from wherever you are to wherever mm-hmm. you're trying to go. So I'll definitely like help find flight deals i'll also help find um 
hotel deals and let's say you don't have the money to pay for it all right now I do payment plans and that's a part of the whole thing that I was telling you in the beginning that I want people to understand that travel can be affordable and that you don't have to just drop $700 to take your family afford to Disney you can also you can actually for me you can put down a $200 deposit mm-hmm. and then pay $100 for the next two weeks until yeah. your trip yeah, so yeah, I yeah. do that and then I also put together um, either iten- like full itineraries as far as like this is the bus you need to take, this is how long it's going to take, this is how much it's going to cost. So I'll do full itineraries but then I also do lists uh, like or it's kind of I call them like um, to do lists. So let's say you're trying to go to a place, but you actually don't want me to plan exactly like every day, but you're Mm -hmm. like, Deja, I'm not sure what I want to do in this place. Then you can pay me to put together like a five or 10, like top 10 to do list for wherever you're going. And I'll do all the research. I'll make sure that you have the contact information to book it and, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. So basically take all of the all of the like time consuming aspects out of travel away from the client and put it on me oh that's cool that's really cool yeah Um, it's it's fun for sure because like i said i i I literally live for finding deals and stuff like that so (laughs) i have fun doing it too yeah yeah uh to be honest yeah there was a time where i would love just like looking at flies looking at deals and whatnot and it was just like oh yeah let me organize for you um, mm-hmm. I lost a little bit of that when I uh, started traveling like full time and mm-hmm. uh, I was just going with the flow and I was like you know what actually I don't even need to organize anything because <laughs> right, it works you can like, just, it, it's gonna work out at the end of the day yeah, right? yeah 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 um, so I kind of stopped doing that uh, now every time I go somewhere obviously I always make sure that I have like the cheapest deals for the flight and for my accommodation but for activities I really try depending on how long I stay obviously um, I really try just to when I'm there ask local or mm-hmm. travelers that have been there for a while and then ask them uh, yeah where should I go how much it costs and, and whatnot. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a hack right there. I tell people all the time. You do get that kind of um you know, you get that kind of peace of mind if it's already planned and you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But you definitely find better deals, at least in my experience, from just talking to the locals and figure it figuring out like, oh, what do you guys usually do? And then if you make good friends with a local, they can actually they they probably have a friend that does the excursion. They're like, oh, yeah, I can get my friend to give you, you know, twenty dollars off or yeah, something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, well, that's a lot of things going on for you, which is amazing. So my last question would be um, if, so for the people, you know, that uh, you're trying to reach, like that are scared of traveling or they think that they need um, a lot of money, like what would be your advice to them? Like if you have a general advice, like something that you would like to tell all these people? Um, let's see. I think what I would say if I had to put it in a quote is like, don't try to overthink it, just do it. And that seems kind of cliche. But I think especially when it comes to solo travel, people just get so scared you get in people get into your head and they tell you, Oh, it's so dangerous. Don't try it Mm -hmm, like all of mm -hmm. this stuff. But it's like, 
you know, you're not going to go to a place and just become oblivious to everything that's going on. Like, you're going to pay attention, and especially when you're by yourself, you're yeah. going to be very, very cautious and all of that. So I think from the biggest thing I, I try to tell people, especially people that haven't solo traveled before, is, like, it just takes one trip. Because, like I said, I never had intentions on doing any kind of solo travel. It was not until I went to Melbourne and I spent those four to five days there by myself and it was the most invigorating trip I had ever been on in my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. Like, I can definitely see myself doing something like this every year, every couple years, but it's like I wouldn't have ever felt like that had I not taken that trip to Melbourne by myself the first time, you know? So I feel like it's like... You just kind of got to get over that first hump and just do it. And then the rest of it is going to come a little bit easier and more natural to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I like that. Um, Well, thank you so much for accepting my call today. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I will have all of the information like your website, your Instagram and everything in the show notes. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcast and your rating. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. And also don't forget to check out my Instagram at Cocoa Butter Travel or the podcast Instagram at Cocoa Butter Travel underscore podcast. I hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you guys next week.